and welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. I'm your host, Stephen Weed. Of course, always joining me, Walter Lukashensky. Unfortunately, not in person. Before I toss it to him in Pittsburgh, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com for the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. Make sure to use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. I know we told you we're going to do it bi-weekly, but we had to do an impromptu episode with the legal tampering period and free agency and the start of the new NFL season here on Wednesday, March 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You know me and Wally had to come together. And by now, you you already know what I have to deal with if you follow us on Instagram. And I'm sure that picture is floating around all the internet. We have Fatatouille himself. Chef Boy Wally is joining us. How was your short-lived little break? What we thought was going to be two weeks ended up being about four days. How the hell are you? I already miss you. I miss you too, man. And this is probably my favorite. It's one of my favorite times of year. I think the first week of having NFL and college football back still passes it. But having March Madness and then what the legal tampering period, which is effectively to start a free agency, it's been such a fun week. Even though it started pretty slow with the Raiders, I had to kind of force manifest it that they start doing something today. So as the people can see on Instagram, or I I would imagine you've seen it by now, I am basically naked right now in my Raiders apron and my Raiders chef hat because I was trying to anti-let Russ cook with the Broncos. It's all about the Raiders right now, and what a fucking Wednesday we had. So have you been able to whip anything up? Since you are in the in the uh, in the nice threads, come on, Betty Cocker, what do you got over there? You know that's the best part about it is I put it on, and you would have thought I made some elaborate meal today. All I did was go and open up box jambalaya, did dice up what is it, andile, and whatever that French, uh, I don't know, the New Orleans kind of sausage. Throw that in there, little hot sauce. It makes you happy. Tell you what, and it makes sense with everything going on that that would be what would kick us going into, into Chandler Jones and then also into Rocky Sin. I'm so excited right now. It's the first time I can remember looking forward to the Raiders' defense going into a season, like looking forward to it. Before we get into the free agency talk, everything that's been going off, the NFL has been on fire since about Sunday night, Monday morning. The most important story to come out since the last time we met was daylight savings time is potentially coming to an end. That's right. This could now this wouldn't go into full effect until 2023, so we'd still have to fall back. But next year, when we spring forward, we might just be staying there forever. Holy fuck, am I excited? Holy shit, it makes it. I mean, it's still sun out. I love this. Wait, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I have a question. So wait, you're saying that we still have to fall back, but we're going to also have to spring forward again? How's that work? Let's go through the fucking government. You know it's going to take forever. I mean, they've legalized gambling in Ohio before the pandemic, and we still haven't gotten anything. Are we close? Yeah, for sure. But come on. It's got to get passed through the House and the Senate, land on Joe Biden's desk, whatever it may be. I'm politically uh, inept, so I have no idea what the process is. Cool. Dylan Watts, uh, if you if you want to shout us out and, you know, kind of post something there for us to break us down and, and you know, kind of explain it to us like we're six about what that process is, you know, feel free. I just know about that, what random, uh, what were they called when we grew up? The 
the Bill of Rights in the conjunction junction. I'm just a bill. A poor old Bill. Like, sitting on the, the steps of the Capitol sitting building. Sitting on Capitol Hill. That's what God, it was. Yeah. have a fucking Dude, childhood. <laughs> it was... That was literally the only thing you would watch and actually pay attention to in those, like, science classes or whatever. It's, oh, shit. Conjunction Junction? This is my jam right here. It never stuck, because I'm still... I still think that those are the same flight of, flight of steps that Rocky runs up. So I'm still really confused about the whole Bill. Rocky, if he's a real person... What are the Bill of Rights and who is Rocky? Yeah, well, you know what? I want to get back to daylight savings for a second just because I was surprised about it at first. Because First of all, I didn't even know this was like up in the air or something that people were considering. But now, I think my first thought was obviously to everybody, it's the cliche, oh, I don't have to set my clock, so my car clock. And yeah, I was part of the problem. I also did those jokes. But I was thinking about the college kids that are never going to have that opportunity to have fall back on like, a, what is it, a Saturday in the fall where you're already out late, you had college football all night, you've been drinking, all of a sudden you get a magic extra hour at the bar, that's gone for those kids. And that part I feel bad for, not enough not to have it happen though, I'm pretty excited. But it is crazy to me that you teased each other, the big story of the week. I thought this is how broken our brains are with free agency and football being back. I thought you were talking about the Tom Brady news or the Deshaun Watson news. I, daylight saving, I've already forgotten it's a thing. After the 12 hours that it's there, it's gone. Before we get into the free agency talk, this week's free agency talk is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you are Wally and Mai's age, where there's college graduations, engagements, weddings, baby pictures, you name it. We're going through it. Feels like they're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. And again, that's abbyturnerphoto.com. Now the biggest free agency news I've, I've been so excited to talk about. Joe Flacco back on a one-year, $3.5 million contract with the New York Jets. The biggest signing that I think I've seen in March. (laughs) I was waiting again. You're teasing me right now. I thought that's what we were, I thought that's where you were leaning towards. He is an elite quarterback. And talking of elite quarterbacks coming back this week, after Joe Flacco, of course, Tom Brady, it was really smart to come back when he did. Because it was before the free agency window. You have guys like Ryan Jensen immediately re-up because of that. And with Ali Marpet re- like surprising everybody by retiring this offseason, they brought in one of his boys, Zach Mason, from New England. They are now going... I-, I feel like they're back all in where two weeks ago, it felt like the Bucks were kind of in a weird spot where they had an, a dynamic roster top to bottom with a very unproven quarterback. And now Tom Brady's back, and this has got to be one of the favorites in the NFL. Of course he is. He, especially in the NFC, which all they really have is Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, then it just kind of falls off a cliff there. If you want to throw in Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, stay on the field, produce, win playoff games, then we can talk about it next year. That seems to be the conversation every single year. They're doing well with kind of reloading and restocking up that roster. You know, you got Chris Godwin that was put on the franchise tag here a little bit earlier. Carlton Davis... On the defensive side of the ball, re-signed. Now, they did lose Jordan Whitehead, their safety, who that may, that name may not stick out to you too much. Go watch the, probably the last half of the season of the Buccaneers. That dude's name was called 
every other play, if not every play, on the defensive side of the ball. He's a stud. They lose a big piece there. But then they add Russell Gage, a third wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons, staying in that division. He's a stud. Brashad Perryman eh, coming back. We're expecting him to be back. We haven't heard any word about Gronk yet. I'm assuming he's back since Tom Brady is returning as well. Still got Mike Evans. Christian Goblin's going to get healthy. The man Will Scotty he be Miller. back though? Will he be back is a is the big question. But I think that they've done enough. They don't. They didn't get any huge rah rah guys on the wide receiving court in the in this free agency and legal tampering period. But I do like the pieces that they brought. Russell Gage is going to be a very solid number three. Then you still have a laundry list of names that are familiar because of the injuries that happened last season. Those were the only players playing in that offense. Like I said, Brashad Perryman. You got Scotty Miller. I'm sure I'm missing three or four other people. They still have talent there. And at the end of the day, they bolstered up that offensive line a little bit. And you get the best quarterback ever to play the game. God damn it. Why couldn't... Just just fucking leave. Okay? Just let Aaron, just let Aaron choke You're with close. someone else. Okay? I, I understand I'm going to get my heart ripped out every single year in January. I'm hopeful to get my heart ripped out in February one of these years. But I know if, I, I'm preaching to the choir. To you and to all the other AFCs, AFC watchers i know i'm preaching in the choir and i know i've only gone through it once and i know i shouldn't be bitching but god damn it this is enough just let aaron Rodgers fail on his own without having tom brady to be the brace for it it doesn't matter if you were afc or nfc i mean at the end of the day the super bowl champion is both of our super bowl champions so yeah i can understand the fatigue from everybody everybody's tired but on the flip side i'm actually kind of excited that we do get one or two more years of tom brady when we thought it was gone just from a, a, an actual fan of the game perspective, it's just so cool to see this happening at this stage. And I know I mentioned before about Chris Godwin. I know they tagged him, but there's a lot of rumors that it might be a tag and trade. And that would be interesting because then who knows what they're going to try to get back, whether it's just draft capital so that when Tom Brady does r- retire again eventually, they're not as left out in the dark. But I, I think that you're going to see Chris Godwin move. But either way, this is going to be a Tampa Bay team that's going to walk through that division and has a very good chance to have home field. And if you have home field, I, it's very conceivable to imagine another year where Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions, which is going to send us to, to another quarterback I want to bring up. Not fun, but we have to talk about it. Deshaun Watson. So he obviously had his decision by the the court that he's going to be not processed criminally. So there are now all of a sudden a market for Deshaun Watson. Teams trying to at least entertain the idea of trading for him. What it sounds like a lot of teams are doing is that they send in an initial trade offer to the Texans. And as long as it's good enough, they're basically saying, hey, Deshaun, go meet with that team. If you want that deal, let us know that's what we're going to do. And as of right now, there's been four teams that have been named in one mystery team. Those teams being, what are they here? The Browns, of course. The Falcons, his hometown. The Panthers and the Saints. And one East Coast team, apparently, that could be a potential surprise team for the Watson sweepstakes. But before we get into the on-field stuff, I just have to get your opinion because I am really struggling with this. It's a really weird situation where, yes, he's going to legally be good to play from a literal legal perspective. Who knows what the NFL might do with him yet? I don't think I would feel comfortable rooting for Deshaun Watson on the Raiders. 
I know you have Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen for you. But in a world that he wasn't there, would you want Deshaun Watson on your team right now? I'm letting everything kind of work itself out because now, obviously, he's not getting any legal fines. He does still face the civil lawsuits from about the 22 different women. But nothing – it's it's too sketchy for me. We know just as much right now as we did when it originally came out. There's there's too much gray area with that for me to fully be on either side. Now, it's a double-edged sword, right? So if, if I do want him on my team, I'm like I'm condoning the activity or what he's what he's allegedly doing to these – 22 other women if i don't want them i'm just like everybody else it's like well he's really talented why would you not want him i want i want the legal process to work itself out this is the first step he's far from over now in a perfect world say everything checks every single box and he never ends up getting charged civil lawsuits all come to a fault and he's cleared right he's always going to have cleared or not the dude's going to have a cloud above him the whole time until he performs now personally i would want deshaun watson on my team from an athletic standpoint now, if everything works itself out, to your point, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable rooting for the guy. But say that it's like one of the Kobe Bryants where the girl's like, yeah, I was lying. You caught me, right? One, now, no, not 40. Exactly. It's 22. 22 not, counts, uh, 40 women. But it's, no, I get it. One out of that. But what if we're like, yep, we're all in a fucking cult and we're all just trying to sue this guy and, you know, we got caught. He's still going to have a cloud over him. I would want him on my team strictly because... There isn't anything that's proving that he's guilty outside of all this shit, right? Innocent till proven guilty. That's what everyone likes to say, but no, no one ever likes to portray that as someone because they wait for what they hear. There's always three sides of the story. His side, all of their sides in this case, and the truth. I want the truth to come out before I completely make an assumption about this dude. Say that he checks all those boxes, good to go. Absolutely. Why would you not want him on your team? I don't think you'd want to ever come to Green Bay. It's not really a free agent de- destination. That's my two cents. He's a very, very good quarterback. Possibly could end up getting to the elite status, but it's just morally, I don't know if I can do it. I agree with the sense that you're innocent until proven guilty, but there's also like an extent to this. It, it Like if this was, how do I want to word this? He will always be guilty in the court of public opinion. You're right. There will be a cloud that is around him. I just have a difficult time having 40 plus women lie yeah, there might be a few in there that are lying to whether get publicity or money, but in a league that is trying so hard to change their image, to change and add, I guess, be more diversified, have women more involved in, in football, in a front office role, in a coaching role, it sends a really weird message, especially a few years after effectively blackballing a quarterback for taking a kneel. It's just a weird situation where... I think that every owner and team in GM has the right to bring him in. But they have to understand that they also are going to take the face, whatever repercussions come with that publicly, people boycotting the team, not buying stuff. It's a risk you're taking. If it's something you want to attach your name to, someone's going to do it. We're seeing it right now. People understand winning is, is king. I just, I would personally, I, I would struggle if he was a Raider. That's where I stand. No, for sure. And kind of going back to the innocent until proven guilty, to kind of piggyback off, he's always going to be guilty in the public's opinion. Absolutely. The only thing that's going to change that literally is winning. I mean, look at everybody who's been able to make that. Mike Vick. Everyone forgot about that when he's lighting the league on fire again in Philly. 
Tyree Kill. Yeah, does no one remember when he broke his one and a half year old's arm? Because apparently no one does. Kid's so fucking fast. There's a lot of this shit that goes on, and it's not that it's good, but you put winning on, that's going to silence a lot of those people that are boycotting because they are so one dimensional in this in the society where they're just like, I just want to win. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on everyone's bandwagon to be against them, but if he's winning, then insert the Homer meme here of hiding in the bushes because that's what people do, unfortunately. Does that make it right? No, but I, I'm a guy who likes to see the whole process and the whole story. I don't want to read a paragraph and assume I know the rest. I want to read the whole story. It's going to be weird, too, because we had, I feel like 15, 20 years ago, a very similar discussion and jokes for two or three years about Big Ben Roethlisberger, and it was two women. 40, That's I don't know how this is going to look in 20 years just because the world is changing, the fans are changing, the way we view issues is changing. I was surprised. I really thought last year when this came out that he played his last NFL game and increasingly by the minute, it looks more evident that not only is he going to play again, but he's highly coveted to play again. And I feel bad for, I feel bad for the NFC South because all three of those teams outside of Tampa Bay are interested in Deshaun Watson, which means right. Imagine this two weeks ago, my boy, Dylan Watts, Carolina fan. Sure, the, I'm sure Evan Desker, a Falcons fan, said, "Holy shit! Holy shit! We might have a, we might, you know, we might look like the NFC East, but shit, we can, we actually might be able to win this division and get a, uh, make the playoffs potentially." And Tom Brady comes in, nope, you're fucked. And Deshaun Watson rumors. There's gonna be two teams really fucking pissed off. You know me. My prediction since the story came out that he was gonna, he's gonna be able to be shopped around or he wants to be traded was where Wally? Carolina. Carolina. That's where he's ending. New Orleans is going to be pissed. They went from Super Bowl favorites, NFC favorites, to go. And the reason I said that is because we just got a tweet, which I know you guys will all see, that Von Miller surprisingly is signing with the Buffalo Bills. I like that move a lot. Don't even remember the thought that I was thinking of. While we're on that subject as well in the AFC Miles Jack signs a two-year, $16 million deal. Honestly, this is a great way. Let's let's forget about the sad talk now. Let's just get into free agency and have some fun. You know what? I agree. Now, with that, talk about impromptu, not only the episode, but this segment right here. Vaughn Miller to the Bills. How are we feeling? Honestly, as you're going to hear my dog, she's very adamantly against it, I think, downstairs right now. But I this is a move I didn't necessarily expect right away. I mean, the last year, you had the Bills actually draft a edge rusher in the first round. So this is going to be fun with a young defense. Yeah, they, it looked like that might be an area that they're going to really need to improve. It's probably one of the last things they need to improve. They're already a Super Bowl contender. Vaughn Miller, he pushed the Rams over the top. He pushed the the what Broncos over the top in 2015. If you get the last 8-9 game Vaughn Miller of last year, maybe it does the same for Buffalo if you get the first half of that. It's so risky paying edge rushers in their mid thirties. Six years, one hundred and twenty. Paying that man, oh six my God. years, one hundred and twenty. Is this fucking baseball? We're giving out thirty. We're giving out thirty-five year old six-year contracts. The dude's not, the dude's not even gonna play half of that. Oh my God, that's incredible. You know what? Shout out Von Miller. It's very rare, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and the way that this dude plays and the injuries that he's had. Not only did Get a contract like that once, but twice. Shout out to Von Miller. I mean, you think of the likes like 
J.J. Watt, who never had that opportunity to really get that big of a you know, a second bag, I should say. At his age, coming off a Super Bowl and a and an ankle injury that hampered him throughout the year, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. Shout out to Vaughn Miller. Absolutely good for him. I'm always pro player, but if you're the Bills, it just screams that we're going all in the next few years instead of trying to be a sustained Super Bowl threat. I know they're going to be because they have Josh Allen, but that is a ton of money. I, I'm interested to see how much of that is going to be reverted to bonuses because that could turn into dead cap the next few years and that could change some things. I, but I don't know what else to say. That is stunning. The Steelers move earlier too. You mentioned before this, Miles Jack, two years. I want to say you said $16 million. It was like eight a year, I want to say. He hasn't played as well in the last couple of years, but in that situation down in Duval, who would? I mean, who played well in Jacksville last year? There, I mean, the only person that got any real chances is Carlos Hyde, and he's gone now. Urban Meyer ran that organization into the ground, and that's a, a good way to, I guess, get us going into some other things because one of the big stories so far in free agency has been that the Jaguars have been spending a lot of money and I would argue haven't gotten very much better. They have added Evan Ingram, one year, $10 million guaranteed. Zay Jones, this one, talk about a head scratcher. Three years, $24 million, and he's not at a 100-yard game in over 80. And he's getting it eight years, or excuse me, he's getting $8 million per for three? That's crazy. It can go out to even 30 Cam Robinson, that one made sense. Brandon Scherf, that one made sense. I mean, they've had a couple decent moves, but it is a ton of money right now, especially, too, I guess, what, Christian Kirk probably should have led with this. Four years, $84 million. Fucking bullshit. It is bullshit. Talk about guys who never hit 1,000 yards in a season. This dude's getting $21 million. 21 per year. Most of the season, he was the number two receiver, and he still didn't get 1,000 yards of that offense. Yes, I know Kyler Murray was hurt, but my God. Yeah, and yeah I know. You got, oh, you had A.J. Green. D-Hop took a lot of it in the first. This dude's getting 21. To your point, I really like the Evan Ingram contract. Now, obviously, Evan Ingram loves it. It's a 10 mil fully guaranteed, but this offense, and I don't want to – it's all on paper. Talk about classic Wally with his smoke and mirrors. On paper, this offense and this team in general – Looks like it's going to take a huge hike. And I don't know if you said this, don't want to be a broken record. Teams who spend, the team who spent the most money in the offseason on average, averages about three more wins than the previous season. Now that, you know, Jacksonville, what? That's about six. That's where I'm putting them out right now. Six and 11, seven and 10, maybe eight and nine. That's where you want to go. But if anyone, anyone is going to be able to get that team to gel, have that underdog mentality, enjoy it, and love it, happens to be the head coach that they have in Doug Peterson. I love all the moves that they're doing defensively and offensively. They ha- This is the time to spend all this money because Trevor Lawrence is eventually and inevitably going to need a fat contract. But that you don't have to worry about that for another two to three years. I agree that you have to spend the money so it's not the end of the world. But if you're spending that much, like you said, you're averaging three extra wins a year. Teams that build through free agency, like they try to build through free agency, always fail. It does not work. That super team Eagles, Namdi Asamoa, my freaking Raider icon, love the guy to death. That era, like you've seen it in that example, but you've seen it a ton of other times too. Yes, you've seen the Rams have a little success here, just going 
crazy with draft pick trades, but that's a kind of new and kind of unexplored avenue I don't think a lot of teams are ready to do. What they're doing in free agency is a little bizarre right now. They're setting the market at a lot of positions. They shouldn't be. Christian Kirk's deal, like you said, Zay Jones' deal, like I said, these wide receivers, like they're not the guys to help Trevor Lawrence. They're, I think that he is, at this point, in a lot of trouble in terms of his career growth. He was already ruined last year. I know Doug Peterson. Hopefully he's the guy, but I, I, don't, I don't see it. And I know we're on top of the world with Vaughn Miller. Bills weren't done. They just also signed O.J. Howard, tight end from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. So now they're getting tight end depth at Dawson Knox. Having a great year with a broken hand. Ended up having a great year. You know they re-signed Gabriel Davis. Stephon Diggs is still there. They got two tight ends. They need to bolster that offensive line. Defense, great. They took a huge step up on the defensive side of the ball after a lackluster year the year before. Now you're adding Von Miller. Get that O-line right. Holy shit, Bills. Holy shit. We're a little, this is going to be a really fun episode because we're disheveled because as things come in, we're talking about things. So we're not even prepped for a lot of this. So bear with us there. But this defense, you're talking about now a front four that's going to have Gregory Rousseau, who's that first round pick I mentioned last year, Ed Oliver, who is another first round pick from only a few years ago that people were falling in love with when he came out. And now you're going to add him. This is a Bills defense in a team in general now that very likely and very possibly could come out of the AFC. Good for Buffalo fans. This is, again, I know it's a lot of money for an older player in Vaughn Miller, but this is a really exciting team, especially now going into next year. Let's move on here to the next one. Wally's Vegas Raiders. Today they were busy. They signed Chandler Jones to a three-year $51 million contract. They trade one of Wally's favorites, Yannick Ngakwe. Now, they trade him to the Colts in exchange for Rocky Asin, the cornerback from Indianapolis. So far, so good. I still think that there is going to be an, a lot of work needed to be done on the defensive side of the ball. Hell of a start. You got the pass for us. Chandler Jones, opposite side of Max Crosby, which is fucking scary to think about. Got Rocky Asin easily being your best cornerback from day one, walking in. You have a promising... You have a promising young safety, Jonathan Abraham. If he can stay healthy, so I'm surprised he hasn't strained his jaw from running his mouth. All that he does. I like the moves. Not enough to keep up with your current AFC West. Again, it's the first domino to fall over. I think that you guys are going to start seeing a couple other things fall your way as well, Wally. Finally, some good news, buddy. How are we feeling about these moves? This trade made so much sense for both teams. It wasn't just the Raiders. So that's a, a thing that needs to be said. This made a ton of sense for the Colts. Good for them, too. They're going to pair up DeForest Buckner with Yannick Ngakwe now. And that pass rush, all of a sudden, is a lot more formidable. And that was a really big... That was pretty much the thing that held the Colts' defense back last year. They didn't really get any kind of pressure on the quarterback. But for the Raiders' side, too, after you do end up signing Chan Chandler Jones... And yeah, he's a little older. He's 32. Yannick Ngakwe is 26. So that is a difference, but he's a guy that can be a placeholder and a very good edge rusher, even in the run game for the next three or four seasons. And that is, honestly, everything I could ask for because now you are addressing the secondary, which has been the largest problem on this team for probably 10, 15 years. And you're right, yeah, yeah Rocky Sin is immediately the best corner on this team. And it, it, it is a secondary now that has gotten a lot better. 
And I don't know if they're done. They they have been hinting around the idea of a, possibly signing Tyron Matthew. And then that defense could be a really exciting, I guess, team going in. But I, I like walk back to what I was saying with the Jaguars, where you're building through free agency, and I don't always love that. Other thing I wanted to bring up, though, it has to be addressed, and it's a good way to tie the Jaguars into the Raiders here. Derek Carr needs to be talked about more. Over the last few free agency cycles, he's got Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Crabtree, Jared Cook, all paid. And I mean paid. He's doing this with, it feels like, secondhand hand-me-down talent in the, in the AFC. And now, who's the guy outside of Hunter Renfro? They have been making some of these moves to free up some space, so I imagine that they're going I to know. try. I, I, think, I, think you're, I think you have a pretty solid tight end, is all i got to say. You're right. Darren Waller's outstanding, but how often do you see that elite tight end without anybody to take away the pressure success, like succeed? And after the first six to eight weeks last year, Darren Waller, albeit hurt, wasn't the same player. And it's because he had no security blanket after Henry Ruggs and all that unfortunateness. So, receiver, keep an eye. My guy that I'm looking at now after this, I wanted Devontae. I thought that there was a chance with him not signing his franchise tag with your boys, the Packers. There might be a trade worked out. Now, I don't see it. I I think that this is going to be where the Raiders are going to probably go after a guy, albeit maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster or a Will Fuller. Guy that's still pretty young, but likely to be a two receiver after this draft. I'm assuming, I, I think I know the answer to this, but with the seven-time Pro Bowler, Julio Jones being cut and released by the Tennessee Titans today. I know with his injuries last year, he was basically nothing. I think he, I'd have to look at his yardage. I know he had a game about 136 yards, and I think he matched that, if not had less, over the duration of the rest of the season with all of his games combined. What about Julio? It would have to be the right price. I don't know if the Raiders are going to be in that market, honestly. It doesn't really fit, I guess, their MO since Al Davis passed away. If this was 10 years ago, I think he might be a Raider. Not now. Talking about Atlanta winning that winning that trade right there. Wow. Hindsight's 2020 and it's looking good. The only good thing coming out of Atlanta here, I guess. In the state I reside in, AFC North, we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. They're pouring a little page out of the Chiefs book here from last year. Bolstering up their offensive line. They signed Alex Kappa to a four-year four $35 million deal. Ted Karras to a three-year $18 million deal. And they also re-signed their defensive tackle, B.J. Hill. For three year for thirty mil, and they also kept one of one of their offensive line in house. They re signed him, so I like what they're doing automatically right off the cusp. That's all they really need. You locked up Jesse Bates with your franchise tag. Let's bolster that defensive line, but most importantly, let's put offensive linemen the offensive lineman position and have them play. We all saw the Super Bowl. The last two Super Bowls have been lost because of the offensive line. Do you think that this would be enough to? catapult them right back into the conversation for the next year's Super Bowl? Or do you think that maybe it was a one and done and they're going to kind of flutter here for the next few years? You know how high I am in Joe Burrow. So that's going to be how I have to start. Wait, you're this. high right now? On Joe Burrow, I am very high right now. He's Shit, you're on the fucking moon, man. Oh, I'm, I'm like over the moon. I'm over the moon right now. He's a guy that if he, just simply if he stays healthy, the Bengals are going to be a good team that are going to be a playoff threat. And potentially a Super Bowl threat. Having a decent line, and I don't think they're done, will help a lot. 
But coming off a Super Bowl, it is a, still a very inexperienced team. Even Joe Burrow is very young. He's very green in the NFL. I expect them to have a little bit of a fall-off. But they're doing the right things right now. It sucked for them because they did have to make a decision between B.J. Hill and Larry Ogunjobi, and they did go with Hill. Very similar production between the two. And the Bears, they did get a really good one in Larry Ogunjobi. I'm really excited for him. Really fun player to spend his whole entire career, I think, in the state of Ohio between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Bengals making a lot of good moves right now, Steven. Just keep an eye on them. I don't think they're done. But let's switch it over to the other team in the state. And this is not something I'm looking forward to talk about. And I'm sure a lot of Browns fans here. Here's a trigger warning for you, Browns fans. You might want to just skip ahead 5-10 minutes and see if we're still talking about you. Because it's not going to be fun. Steven, last night. Hi, you know what? I want to ask you. How do you want to go about this? Do you want to talk about the, the nice things that happened to the Browns leading up to last night? Or the things that have happened in the fallout since Baker Mayfield's Really, I don't, well, it was a goodbye letter. I think he just led into it perfectly. Yeah, it looked like a goodbye letter. And it was nice. And he's like, hey, want to let you know, this isn't a goodbye. This is just kind of me uh, just assessing the situation, making an astute observation uh, about my situation. Right in the light of the Deshaun Watson story coming out of potentially coming to Cleveland for the visit. I don't think it's a goodbye. I think that he's talking about ripping a page, Cincinnati out of Kansas City, I think. I think Baker's kind of ripping about maybe a a fourth or a fifth of a page out of Aaron Rodgers' book here. Kind of being a little dramatic, saying, woe is me. I know. And, you know, you kind of feel for the guy here a little bit. He's in a shitty situation. He was in a lose-lose situation this whole year. I know I was dogging him, and I know that you were backing him up. And it was because of the injury. You either either don't play, and you're a pussy, or either play through it, play like shit, and just get – demoralized and decapitated on social media like he has been. And I think that's what's all kind of stemming from it. And now he's all of a sudden getting the Tua treatment. There's a story coming out today that the Browns are looking for a quote-unquote adult at the quarterback position. And then following that was something about Jimmy G. He had a guy who fucks porn stars. Yeah, he. Uh, I can't dog that. That guy's cool. You're right. Do you really see, want- he sucks though. Jimmy G is yes, high I'll, floor, would- low ceiling baker. Yeah, and the, and you just had it perfectly. I know you guys at home don't have video; it's just all audio. But that space right there of the floor and the ceiling for Jimmy G is so it's so slim. That space between the floor and the ceiling is so slim. Just like his margin of error already, you don't want to deal with that guy. You have a quarterback in Baker, and I know I'm the and I know everyone's going to dog me. Like Steve, you're the one who was hating him on hating on him the most outside of Patrick Mahomes. I get that. But I'm also not blind to the fact the guy was injured. And yeah, I was kicking I was kicking him while he was down. Who the hell wasn't? You guys were kicking him when he's standing straight up. So I don't want to fucking hear it. It's a bad situation. I definitely don't think that this is going to make it better. And I'm getting a, a high school clicky drama type deal with just having this message out. Which is kind of bite your tongue and deal with it like all of us have to. Duke Johnson's message too on Twitter with the train exploding. Referencing his comment a few years ago that Baker made you're either getting on this train or you're going to get run over by it. And then the train's exploding And the message that he sends, there is animosity. And one thing I will say for Baker is that he's very outspoken. We know that he's confident in his abilities. He will bet on himself. That's awesome. When it works, when it doesn't, you're going to have people that go after you. And there's a lot of people coming after him right now. 
I really was excited at first with the Amari Cooper move that happened last week. I thought that it was going to be a real opportunity with the healthy baking with the healthy bakey with the healthy Baker Mayfield that the Browns could have gotten back to what they were a couple years ago and and realistically take that next step to be a potential Super Bowl threat. I don't know now. It's like the Browns they can't get out of their own way. This Browns team it, it is such a toxic culture that I thought was getting better too, and that's another. Thing, uh, not to go to the Deshaun Watson thing uh, again, but this is a organization that has tried so hard to change the perception in the way that the nation, the way the media has perceived them to to like be what, shopping for Deshaun Watson and Jimmy G. It's pathetic to me. I think it's terrible. Jimmy G's not a good quarterback. Kyle Shanahan's made him everything he wants to be right now. I, I just don't get it. I, I'm hoping to God this blows over. They kiss and make up and they get one real shot at it. But I, I'm really starting to think that this might be irreparable. And at that point, it's just a matter of who's willing to make a move and take a gamble on Baker Mayfield. Now, this was after the week. I, I think this happened in between episodes here. You had the releasing of Jarvis Landry. You had Austin Hooper that was caught here earlier today. They add Amari Cooper via trade with the Dallas Cowboys. They also sign Jakeem Grant to a three-year, $13.8 million deal. Now, he's more of a return guy, epitomizes what the slot position is. Small, speedy, shifty, holy shit can he move. Now, he played with the Miami Dolphins, got traded to the Chicago Bears about halfway through the year. I want to say for like a six-round pick, something like that. Ends up at free agency, finds a new home there in Cleveland. As well as they trade for... Chase Winovic, anyone outside of Massachusetts is not really going to know that name, but he is the linebacker for the New England Patriots, and that's where the Browns send Browns Mac fans Wilson. will at least know him because he's a Michigan Wolverine. Ooh, back in enemy territory. So you're the college guy. I'm just a professional dimwit. I like the moves that they made on offense outside of the release of Jarvis Landry. Now I get it now. If you have him and Amari, you kind of have like that one-dimensional offense, which you already have because you fucking hand the ball off. Then when you stop handing the ball off, you guys really start sucking. That is besides the point. As long as you have that offensive line and that running game, I think that these weapons Baker can't succeed with. I don't think that they're done with the offensive side of the ball. I wouldn't be surprised. I know I said it jokingly to you earlier. Not in joke you, in jokingly. That was like a 4 out of 10. Yeah, I'm looking at a 4 out of 10. That's nice of you. (laughs) But um, maybe Julio Jones adds there. That's kind of like that big body number one. Baker never really had, but we'll see. There's still maybe Allen Robinson lands there. That there's been no chatter on Allen Robinson's end, which I'm extremely surprised about. So we'll see. Do you think that'd be enough to kind of move the needle a little bit for you about this Browns offense? It can't be worse than they were last year. Let's admit that. Without having a consistent or at least having an idea of who the quarterback is, really not really able to make a decision right now. I like the Amari Cooper move. Think they're definitely going to draft a receiver in the first or second round still. And it's going to be a good offense for whoever's there. Cutting J.C. Treader was a little surprising. Maybe that was in an attempt to open up some cap space for another move that hasn't happened yet. So keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, I don't know. I It's a bad day to be a Cleveland Browns fan. It is a bad day to be a Cleveland Browns fan. I feel like it's always bad. I feel There's like not a lot a of good day days. Be, no, no, they definitely... The, the bad days outweigh the good. I will give you that. Not as bad as a day that the Dallas Cowboys had because the Broncos snagged Randy Gregory from right underneath Dallas. Now, after Randy Gregory 
and the Cowboys had reached an agreement. Everything was said and done. Came on Twitter. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter all tweeted about it. It was done. Five years, 70 mil. But apparently there was a little bit closer reading done by the agent here where they didn't like the exact verbiage and money being affected by possible suspensions, which from the Dallas Cowboys, that's a, that's a normal contract for them. They didn't see that as normal. He dips out, signs the exact same contract with the Denver Broncos, and now that defense is adding another piece. They have Bradley Chubb on the other side. Bobby Wagner is being recruited by his former teammate, Russell Wilson, to come join him in Denver. So this defense could really be taking a step up. But Randy Gregory, not only going to Denver, another good player going to your division. (laughs) Man, Dallas really fucked this one up. I'm calling this a win, by the way, as a Raiders fan. This is another thing I'm going to attribute to the chef's hat and chef's apron here because Vaughn Miller was rumored to go back to Denver himself, and that would scare me a lot more. Yes, Randy Gregory seems to really have a positive I don't, a vibe around him because everything that you hear about him from Dallas is that this guy... Don't pay attention to the mundane stats. This guy is much better than what you see. This guy is a dude. So maybe Denver's getting one. Maybe they're going to be able to bring out the best in him. The Cowboys are lost. I don't know what's going on with them. They are losing people left and right. And to me, this is just proving to be a cautionary tale on why you do not pay running backs. Ezekiel Elliott is going to make $18 million next year. And if they were to cut him, he's worth over $30 million in dead cap. He'll be over $10 million next year if they chose to cut him going into 2023, which is much more likely. But right now, I mean, you're losing guys. Very good chance to lose Leighton and Vander Esch. And even if you don't, he's not the same guy that he was a few years ago. The injuries are really taking a toll on him. Something about a Dallas Cowboy linebacker that can't stay healthy. But you lose Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, Connor Williams. It's never ending right now. And I just keep sitting and waiting. In the Vaughn Miller news, I really thought that that had to be it. I thought they had to make a splash play somewhere. It hasn't happened. And Dallas is just sitting on their hands while the rest of the league is getting better. They were barely in that Super Bowl contender class last year, and they're firmly out of it now. And it's going to take a lot to even make me think. There's a real chance that they don't win the division next year right now. For sure. We'll see what Washington does. You know that they've retained J.D. McKissick when we thought he was going elsewhere. Ends up kind of pulling a semi-Randy Gregory here and goes. I know they add Carson Wentz. We'll see how we'll see how Chase Young looks after the ACL tear, which I'm assuming is great. Dude's a freak athlete. But we'll see how that defense is looking overall. Secondary now missing Landon Collins, who was released by the Washington Commodores. Such a cheesy fucking name. Washington Do you call them the Commodores? Yeah, because that it's the Commanders. That it's not even fun. The Commodores at least spices it the up, commies. and it's still not fun. The Washington Commies, the They're Wash red. Commies. They are red. Fear the red wave. But to your point, what has Dallas done? Nothing. And I love it. Oh, my God. And there's still Dallas fans chirping about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. To your point, well, they're not even going to win that division. I like the Eagles right now. The Eagles, are the Eagles a better team? No, but they didn't get worse. Dallas has gotten worse. Have the Eagles gotten better? Not really. But, man, did Dallas get worse. By doing nothing. Literally, they have gotten worse by doing nothing. And it looks like they're gonna. it's going to stay that way. But you never know. We're one Ian Rappaport, one Adam Schefter tweet away here from the doors getting blown off because of some deal. Maybe they won up on the Von Miller deal with someone else. You never know. 
the ultimate. I'm just happy the Raiders were in the news today because I don't. If they weren't, I don't think we'd be doing the show because the Los Angeles Chargers have built an elite defense and they have not even played a snap yet. And they're going to be top three, maybe if they can stop the run. We'll see how that works. Chargers have traded for Khalil Mack in the past week for a for a second round pick in next year's draft. Second round pick in this year's draft, sixth round pick in next year's draft. They signed the free agent cornerback from New England, J.C. Jackson, to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. They also bolster the defensive tackles with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. So maybe they can't stop throwing a little bit. But man, they needed the help with that D-line. They were the worst rushing defense in the league last year, averaging about giving up over 160 yards per game. They addressed that. And a little cherry on top, you got Khalil Mack on the opposite side of Joey Bosa. Holy shit. Going to be the best defense in the AFC West. I think that they're going to be a top three, if not the top defense next year. My goodness, Wally. There's names everywhere. This is a roster of a Super Bowl champion. The only problem is, is it is going to be a roster that wears the Los Angeles Chargers uniform. There are a couple things that come with that. One, We talk a lot about whether it be turnover luck or luck in general. The Chargers have had the worst luck on earth. Their injuries have been god-awful the last 15 years. And then on top of that even, wow, McKissick may change his mind again. That that would be hilarious. We are literally on cue. We got that as I was talking about it. Looked down, got the update. McKissick may be going somewhere else where I thought he was pretty much set on Washington. Like I thought he was pretty much set on, I want to say the Buffalo Bills that he was going to go to. Now all of a sudden he's back in Washington. Now he wants to change his mind. So sell the Von Miller news. He's like, let's go win a Super Bowl. It's like, fuck that guy's pretty good. And if they're, if they're handing out that money to your ass, they got to hand, they got to hand me some money. (laughs) Okay. Well, God, that, that sucks. I had something cooking and it's gone. The only thing I, I guess I'd add to what I was saying about, the Chargers is that this is also a team that has that kind of mental switch right now where they believe they can't win, or at least the people that have been there long enough, there's kind of an established culture of losing. And it's only exacerbated by the fact that in every big game they play at home, it is at best a neutral site game. I think that this Chargers team should, should be either the AFC West champion or second or third best team in the AFC, I just don't know if it'll happen. I I need to see it. I need to believe it. It's kind of like where I was on the Browns train going into last season, and Steelers fans and other AFC North fans were like, dude, just wait. The Browns are Browns. It was the, the Browns is the Browns is what the joke was coming out of that playoff game. And the Chargers are the same thing. Until I see it happen, I'm not going to believe it. I think that they will find a way to lose. Oh, you know they will. Brandon Staley will find a way to lose going on for fourth down when he should logically go for a field goal. Like We could talk about this all day. But, man, that's they came well-equipped for what that division is going to be offensively next year. Let's, like Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that league, and he's a top-seven quarterback in my mind. Oh, that's nice of you. I really appreciate that. I, th- I, I think it's kind of disrespectful to put him in 10, but right now, I mean, right now you probably put him top five, top six. I have to really crunch the numbers here, but outside of Tom, Tom, Aaron, uh, you are pumping his tires, and I am all for it right now. But it sucks because you're the fourth worst in there. You got Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. See how he's looking to put your Russell Wilson comments to the test here all next season. 
the comments you made next or last week. Let car cook. Oh, come on. Be fucking original. Let car I have room. a chef's hat on. What was I supposed to say? Let, let car speed. I don't fucking know. No, nope, speeding pod. is bad for the Raiders. That's a that's a red flag after oh, the last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. I fucked that one up. I'm <laughs> dropping that one. Yep, Holy that's shit. gone. <laughs> yes, it is. That one's that one's out the window. That that's a that's a mistake on my end. But they made all the right moves. I like it. Eyes are going to be glued to the TV every single week, especially when it's an AFC West matchup. But outside of that, like those are already exciting teams. Give me those matchups. I cannot wait for the schedule to drop here, Wally. Holy fuck. Only a couple weeks away. I'm terrified of what it means, though. Because the, the Raiders, they have to play these teams six times. I I think I'm at the point where I would be thrilled with two wins and over the moon with three. Let's be real. Just If you want to see your team go to the playoffs, but not only win in the playoff game, most likely, if you're going to hit a wild card, you're going to most likely play another AFC West team. So a potential seventh game. Hell, a potential eighth game too. Say three of you guys get in there. Don't even have a matchup. You have the two, you have two wild cards in there. Boom. They play different teams. That low seed has to play the one seed. They win. The other team wins the matchup. AFC championship game is two AFC West teams. There's a potential of eight AFC West matchups next year. But it's all smoke and mirrors. Holy shit. I mean, it is March 16th, and we're already talking about this. I need to, I need to pump my brakes here. I'll take it, though. Anytime we can talk about actual football on the field, it's great. That's what. That's why I think I love this time of year so much is because you're fixated on, on what's on the field, but you don't actually have to see it. And people like me that have been heartbroken time after time for 20 years, this is the best time of year to be an NFL fan because you build yourself up and nobody can justifiably tear you down until, what, week three or week four? Then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, all right, yeah, our team does suck. See you in March. I know I've been shouting out Dylan a lot in this episode, but he's the number one guy I will always talk football to, outside of you, Wally, of course. But every year we catch ourselves saying, holy shit, that offseason was awesome. This season's going to be the best season because of this move, this move. We say it every year, but I, I really mean it. And I also say this every year. I really mean it. I think that this might be the best year of football that we're going to witness up until – 2023 these offseason moves they've been insane the afc is going to be an absolute you said it best on twitter it's going to be a bloodbath the afc west is going to be a bloodbath the afc is going to be a slaughterhouse and i cannot wait to watch it that nfc matchups are boring i guess i gotta watch the afc to watch entertaining football next season that's miserable i i would love to trade spots i guess i imagine if like I, that's like inconceivable for my brain to wrap my head around playing the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears six times a year. It, I'm like, this is going to be hell. Those six times we play each other in the AFC West. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid, the off season Kool Aid, a little right now. I do think that the Raiders can split with both the Broncos and the Chargers. I just they they match up really well with Denver. I don't, and in the Chargers, we have two home games against them because the Raiders own LA. I, I just imagine they're going to split that. So if they go two and four, who knows? I, I think that that's a win. You call that a win in your book. But let's talk about your boys now. Aaron Rodgers finally signs his contract. And regrettably, Devontae Adams has not signed his franchise tag. Do you think he eventually will? Or do you think that this is going to turn into something where he's going to have to either sign and trade 
or something to that effect. No, I think that they will get a long-term deal done. Now, the both the sides, they just have not been able to reach it on the number side. Like, Devontae's not happy, and they seem to be far from it. But at the same time, like, if you would have told me when this shit was going off about Aaron Rodgers last year that at this time going into 2022 that he would 100% be the quarterback, I told you no. I thought that he was going to come back. I thought he was gone after this year. So I don't know. I think anything can be done. There's been a lot of moves here with Green Bay. They have restructured Preston Smith's contracts. They've had the release of Billy Turner, the right tackle, as well as the Darius Smith, one of the edge rushers, who I hate hated watching him go. I understand the move. It's a business at the end of the day. I I just prefer Zadarius over Preston Smith, but I get it. End up extending Preston to kind of open up some calf space. You know, in the previous episode, they helped out David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, as well as Aaron Jones helped out with that. But Aaron Rodgers should not be that big of a cap hit this season. It's a lot of guaranteed money that's going to help that kind of push the cap number a little bit lower since it is guaranteed money. They bring back Devondre Campbell on the defensive side for a cheap. An all-pro middle linebacker getting paid $10 million. I'll take that over 50 mil over five years, $10 million annual average. I think that they do end up getting it done. I hope it's going to be short-term so it lines up with Aaron. And Aaron and Devontae going out at the same time, kind of like how Gronk and Tom Brady are playing their cards right now. I do think it's going to get done because with Aaron coming back, that's going to be huge for Devontae wanting to stay. Now, I get if he wants to go somewhere else. Say that Denver wants to give up a trade for him. Why would you not want to? I don't know. Maybe Los Angeles Chargers get into it, right? They send Mike Williams or they, they throw Keenan Allen our way in exchange, maybe a pick or two. I don't know. There's possibilities. I like Devontae ending up in Green Bay as the best possibility and the best one for his career as well. I hope he does for you. I, I won't add much there because I truly don't have any idea on, on Devontae Adams right now. I feel like it's kind of a mystery for me. But Devondre Campbell, that was so big. And you're right, the AAV being a $10 million over five years, home run signing. You take a risk with having that many years on the contract, but you also give the player the security of that money too. I think it's a home run for everybody. Good day, good couple days for the Packers. I know you you lose some guys that you, you don't want to lose, and it looks like you're probably going to also lose Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And that's not perfect, but he's also a guy that can be replaced and I think will be replaced. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, anybody can do it. Al Lazard getting a second round tender on him, so we're most likely going to keep him tender. You're going to have you're going to have different types of tenders that you can put on restricted free agents. That's where Al Lazard fell under. So Green Bay throws a second round tender on there, which means if any team wants to be able to come scoop him, whatever it may be, they must give up a second round bare minimum. I really thought for a long time. I mentioned the possible of a sign in trade. I thought for a while with obviously the franchise tag tender and all that for Devontae Adams, I thought there was a very outside chance that the Raiders would be willing to give up two first round picks to pair him with Derek Carr. And and obviously now with the money moves they made today, it's probably unlikely, but a man can dream. If it happens, I'll talk myself into it, even though it will mean salary cap hell. But outside of that, good news for your Packers. I'm happy for you. We'll see if we can get anything done. Like you said, we play Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota three times a year. I love that. They have a very tough out-of-conference. You got the Rams. You got the Bills. You got the Titans. You have a bunch of playoff teams on the AFC side that they will be facing this year. So let's see how good that team is. David Bakhtiari fully back healthy. We'll see how Elton Jenkins is going to recover after an ACL injury. 
I like him on the right tackle. That's why the Billy Turner move makes sense. They got to start in the center. Let's see what the guards are looking like. I like I like the roster. Again, all smoke and mirrors. Let's wait till training camp at least starts before we start jumping on that train. And the last second that we have, Walter. I'm cutting you off for a second. I, I got to say it. What? I love that I am the guy that's smoke and mirrors, man, where you have said it probably 100 times more than me in the last 12 months. I've never really ever heard smoke and mirrors before, but when, oh, we, really? first started, when we first started recording, and I was oh, like, that I love sounds, that then. You can, that yeah. sounds pretty mythical. Yeah, so get off my fucking dick. I was just it, curious because right? it was like every time you say it, like Wally's phrase, smoke and mirrors. I'm, I like that. I'll take it, even though everybody else on earth has heard of it. Yeah, Chef Walter. That's that's how we're doing it. I know I know they've heard of it, but I don't know. There's been times and I've seen I've had to tell a grown ass man that Dave Grohl was a drummer of Nirvana. I've told people I'm like well, You'd have to tell know. me that too. Excuse me? You'd you'd have to tell me that too. I, I don't know drummers. I don't that ain't me. Do you know who Dave Grohl is? Well, I'm assuming a drummer because you just mentioned him. Do you know Foo Fighters? Yeah, that's a band. He's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Oh, good for him. He was the drummer of Nirvana. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I hate everything about you. <laughs> I want to just fucking wrap that apron neck. Or <laughs> just I don't even know what you call it, the apron collar. I don't care. I want to just fucking strangle you. But you know what? I know I can't. Beep it a pop it. A beep it a beep it. I fucking hate you. In the words of in the words of J. Cole, I put an M on your head like you're Luigi's brother. The sweet. last segment that we have here, because I know you don't get music. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are now the new Monday night football commentators. And now potentially Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels will slide in to be doing the Amazon Thursday night football games. Don't really give a shit about that. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I'm just going to say it. I like that squad. I gave a lot. I dogged Joe Buck a lot. He he did the hair transplants. He like he was like got really sick and like was addicted to him essentially too. So I made fun of him a lot, but he... Anyone who goes on Barstool and sticks it out, you got to give respect. Okay, that guy kind of fucks a little bit. Never really had a problem with Troy Aikman. I like the move. And at that point, if you're watching Monday Night Football, there's no way you're enjoying what they've had since John Gruden left. Dude, uh, this was my favorite thing of the week. It's probably more exciting than the players. I have a awkward hatred of Steve Levy. I, I can't explain it. He's probably the greatest guy on earth. He's probably a really nice dude. I, I like hate him, him, but I, I but it's it's just like he's so he's so he's he comes so off fluid, arrogant to me, yet awkward and arrogant. Yes, exactly. It's just like you should you you should already know what I be I'm saying out of my mouth. And with that, I'm gonna and then you have Lewis Riddick. I like the guy too, but he's just like, mm. well, I worked in the front office of the NFL. I'm like, he's cool, too numbery. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, and you you work at ESPN. Which was cool. Twelve years ago, they're like arguably like the least credible source that no one really gives a shit about. The most credible source no one gives a shit about. In my mind, I think they're the less credible source, mostly because they they have Adam Schefter. Dude is batting, I don't know, maybe like four or five on his career of breaking stories. I mean, watching him and Rappaport go at each other is one of my favorite things this time of year. Because there was even a guy on Twitter that's been keeping a quote unquote scoreboard underneath each tweet be like po point for Schefter here he beat Rappaport or ah sorry no point here 49-41 Rappaport beat you it, it's just funny I, I love these guys it's I don't like I don't like Adam Schefter I just don't that's like fair him. yeah I don't like, like the person. personality yes like he's just 
anyone who convulses his whole body when laughing makes me nervous. You know, just like, <laughs> it, it's, it's fucking weird. It's awkward. As well as the one, A, he tore his MCL trying to do the gritty, which was the tweets that came out after that. He looked like the Grinch trying to steal Christmas was my favorite one. You have him doing the jugs machine. It's and he and he's just like unathletic. He's a five four white dude that clearly never played the sport, and also clearly just it isn't. He's like that. He's not really sociable, even though he has to be. But I feel like he just like locks himself in his room because he needs to recharge his social battery because he's he's a robot. Dude's a fucking robot. He can't talk past like a certain word count. I don't know. I don't fuck with the dude. I, if you can't tell, I don't like him. Team Rappaport. I'm an old man. I just like not like no change. So it's not that necessarily, I guess I was a little fast to say I like him. It's more of a, I like the fixtures. Like even though Mel Kuyper, he is not, by far not the, the best draft analyst these days, but I love to watch him even on the draft days. I know I'm at the draft now. It doesn't make it as much or as cool, but like guys like Joe Lenardi, like they've been attached to these sports forever and I just think that it's awesome this time of year because it's it's their Super Bowl. This is their regular season. And right now, if you're not having those tweet notifications on of your favorite insiders, you're missing out. Because this time, it's you and I keep looking down because we have the same guys. And we keep getting the same things like, oh my God, blank, blank sign, blank, blank trade. It's so genuinely exciting. I highly recommend it. But back to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for a minute. I love this tandem. And I think it's really interesting. I didn't realize how long they'd been together. This is going to be their 21st season, which matches John Madden and Pat Summerall at 21 seasons. It's fitting it'll be on ESPN. I'm excited for that crew and sneakily excited for the Amazon crew. I I know Kirk Herbstreet's the voice of college and people are going to think that I'm biased for liking him because he's an Ohio State guy. But I just think that he's genuinely really good at removing his bias from sports and being teamed up with Al Michaels can be a really fun. It's old school meets new school NFL meets college. I'm just interested. It could either really work or really not. It's all going to matter if they get that chemistry worked out. They're going full in on this. Now, when I first saw this, it reminded me of, and and I'm sure they do it now. I honestly haven't caught kept up with college or college basketball or NBA, but they would do a crossover week where they have all the pro commentators commentate the college and vice versa. So it was really cool for them to go full in on this. It's very questionable, but the guy to go full in on is definitely Kirk Herbstreit. To your point, his bias, that's the number one thing I look in when I want to actually listen to people. That's why it's hard to listen to Skip Bayless. It's hard to listen to Nick Wright on FS1 because he always has to bring up the goddamn Chiefs. We know they're good, dude. Just like get over it. You know, if you're able to separate that bias, you're just, I think you're creating yourself to be more receptive to a larger audience than people that are like, maybe there's Michigan fans are like, you know what, fuck Ohio State, but Kirk Kershaw, that guy's cool. At least he's not a complete, you know, homer, like, like the opposite of Mark May does with Ohio State. So I like, I like the move a lot. And Al Michaels, all-star, legend, Hall of Famer, whatever title you want to put on there. That's that dude's. And I like it. Only time will tell. And I'm just happy I have Prime so I don't have to illegally stream the games. The fact that I feel like equally as many people that are Buckeye fans and not Buckeye fans hate Kirk Herbstreet for allegedly being biased 
tells you the whole story. And that's all I got to say on him. But that that is going to bring us to another end of the episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, at Loss of Down, and Twitter, down underscore loss. Twitter's been going on fire here. Instagram, if you want to see a little bit of a, a sneak peek into Wally's OnlyFans. And Wally, do you have any parting words for our, our listeners that are so lucky they don't have to look at this for the past two hours? They should be so lucky to see it. You are going to be blessed because of this. That's true. I guess I should. Yeah, that, that's on me. Exactly. A couple things. First of all, one of our listeners from day one, David Clayman, happy birthday to him. Sucks, I know, with the Brown stuff going on, but we love you and you'll be on. He's going to be one of our friend guests that we introduce here in the next coming months. And then also on top of that, two things. One, Andrew Whitworth, he's riding off into the sunset. I had to ask you, is there ever been a better, I guess, retirement? He, Walter Man, Peyton, or Walter Payton, man of the year, longest playing left tackle in the history of the NFL, wins a Super Bowl in front of the home fans against the team he played his whole career with. It is as cool of a swan song as I can ever remember. No, you hit the nail on the head. That It's checking every box for you to be emotional. Like, oh my God, it keeps getting better. It's that show that just, it's like Breaking Bad. You're like, this show can't get better. Oh my God, it fucking did. And then the last thing is brackets. It's March Madness. I'm just curious, can you give me either a big upset? Can you give me your champion final four something? Watch out for South Dakota State. They're, I, I want to say they're averaging the most points in all of NCAA. I know for a fact that they have the best three-point percentage in the NCAA as well. Watch them to make a run to the Sweet 16. I think I have my lead eight losing to San Diego State, if I remember correctly. I think that Gonzaga, this will be the year. They will beat Baylor, I want to say, in the final four. It's either Elite Eight or Final Four. Get over that hump. I have Gonzaga beating Tennessee 72-69 because Tennessee's hot. A lot of hot teams on on one side of the bracket here too. You know, you got your Virginia Techs. You got your Virginias. Purdue and Iowa. Those teams that got hot had heart, or had heartbreaking losses or all seem to be clumped pretty close. It's going to be a very interesting March Madness. It is going to be a very interesting March Madness. I almost called Which it one Mar- do you have, bud? That's what I was just going to tell you right here. First of all, San Diego State, I like that too. Providence been a really lucky team all year, and then they haven't lost a game since December. You imagine a lot of people are going to be picking that there. Mine to keep an eye out for, oh God, it's tough. If you want to go really crazy, I would probably say Vermont over Arkansas. Really like the Catamounts there, and I think Arkansas, something about them this time of year, they kind of just tense up a little bit. But then my final four, I actually have Kentucky over Gonzaga. I have Arizona over Iowa and Kentucky beating Arizona to win the national title this year. You want to hear any more, especially about Big Ten and Big Ten matchups, Pickskins and Nylon. I know, no free ads, but here we are. Shut your fucking car up. But I like the March Man. I'm, we're going to let this fucking ride out here. Some assholes getting his car robbed at 737. Come on now. Act like you live here. Uh, it's going to be your car. No, my shit would be bumping right now. I'd be like, oh, that is my car. Honestly, I don't even know if my car has an alarm like that. I haven't. I guess, I'd, guess I'm not cool enough to get robbed. I got some shitty stuff. There we go. Thank you. And with that, he is Wally Lukashensky. I am Steven Weed. We are Loss of Down. 
And one last tip, just take the money line against any team that is playing against Kansas. You know they're going to choke. It is inevitable, as well as Michigan's taking a fat L to Colorado State. I think we can both agree on that. Until next time, hopefully not next week. I'm fucking tired of seeing you. This is loss of down. Somebody explain potholes to me. Salt. Yeah, but okay. Okay, that's great. Where does it go? Like, I understand cracks. How do you get, like, a four-by-four hole? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't work Exactly. Show. Somebody explain potholes to me. Why? What's your beef about potholes? I keep hitting them. We'll fucking drive better. It's nighttime. It's hard to see out here in the woods. You're not in the woods. You have a shit ton of lights around there. There's plenty of woods around, too. Oh, my fucking God. Just don't drive at night, then. Eh.